Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. As you were listening to this program, there are many people, mostly Byzantine Catholics, although not necessarily just Byzantine Catholics, who are attending a pilgrimage, a Labor Day weekend pilgrimage, the 83rd annual pilgrimage in honor of the Mother of God, as it has been for all these decades, at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, a beautiful place, a holy place, a holy mountain. And you've heard, if you've listened on this program for any length of time, you've heard me talk about, from the, especially from the Eastern Christian tradition, and especially the Eastern European Eastern Christian tradition, the significance of pilgrimage. It's a very, very big part of the spirituality of the Eastern churches. It is of the West as well. But it's particularly noteworthy among the Eastern churches in the Slavic lands, which of course is my own heritage. That's one of the reasons why the pilgrimage, the annual pilgrimage at Mount St. Macrina, is so well attended. Many, many people come there for generations, actually. It's really, really something very special, very inspiring. Lots of things for teens and children. In fact, over the last several years, this pilgrimage has become a very youthful one. Lots of young families. We don't often associate pilgrimages with young people or children, but this particular one has certainly become that. The sense of pilgrimage, the spirituality of pilgrimage, as I mentioned, very much a part of Eastern Christian spirituality, Catholic spirituality, and Orthodox spirituality as a whole, of course. But it, it is something that, in a sense, amplifies our prayer and amplifies our spirituality. First of all, you have to inconvenience yourself. You have to interrupt your schedule. You have to make plans. And you have to do things that are different. You have to make sacrifices. It's very much the tradition in Europe, even to this day, where the pilgrims actually very much are pilgrims. They actually walk. They purposely will walk many miles through many of the pilgrimages that occur in Europe, especially in Eastern Europe. Some people walk to Mount St. Macrina during the Labor Day weekend pilgrimage, but most people, of course, in America drive there. <laughs> but many of them even camp out. Many of them even camp out with their families on the grounds, the beautiful grounds there. But 
that action that involves effort, that involves breaking our schedule, breaking our routine, making sacrifices, packing up, living maybe a little more meagerly than usual. It's something like the spirituality of fasting, where fasting amplifies our prayer. Well, pilgrimage has a a goal to it. It has an effort to it. And so it amplifies our prayer. And this is why if you are attending the pilgrimage, and maybe you're listening while you are attending, I commend you for that. You're doing a great thing, a necessary thing. For those of you who may be listening, hopefully you'll be considering a pilgrimage of some kind, especially one that we're going to talk about today, a very special one that's coming up. Another aspect of pilgrimage is the goal or purpose. Now, everybody brings their own personal petitions, their own personal reasons why they come to a pilgrimage. But there's also a corporate one, especially if a pilgrimage has a particular theme. And I think that pilgrimages throughout the world today certainly have, if not their number one theme, their their front profile theme, certainly an underlying theme has to be prayer to the mother of God for her intercession for the state of the world, for world peace especially, for the conversion of hearts and souls to charity, to chastity, basically to her son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Since we are in the spirit of pilgrimage, I want to talk to you today about a very special pilgrimage that I have been asked to be the spiritual director for. It's a pilgrimage during a very special year. It's the 100th anniversary of the apparitions of our Most Holy Mother of God, our Blessed Lady, at Fatima in Portugal. And I am the spiritual director for a retreat and pilgrimage. Now, notice those two words. I did not say trip. Yes, it is a trip. But it's a retreat and a pilgrimage to Fatima. Now, this is going to be Thursday to Thursday, October 26th through November 2nd. Now, I was asked to be the spiritual director. However, the idea, the, the impetus, the vision, the charism behind this is not mine. It is on the part of somebody else who we have today as our special guest. I want to welcome to Light of the East, Laura Irachi, and she is the editor of the newspaper for my eparchy of Parma. The newspaper is called Horizons, and Laura, through the Horizons, has been the really the spiritual inspiration, the vision behind this particular pilgrimage. And Laura, I want to welcome you, Light of the East, glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Thank you, Father Tom. Laura, first of all, tell the audience a little... Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do, especially in relation to the Horizons. Well, I'm the editor of this uh, Byzantine Catholic newspaper, and we cover the activities of the Byzantine Catholic Church, of the Eparchy of Parma, in 12 states here in the United States, including parish activities, but also issues, spiritual issues that affect the community, but but other social issues as well. So we try to cover a a variety of things that um, celebrate our community, but also inform uh, the com- community and help them grow in faith. Now, I have had also, once again, an honor privilege to be on the staff of the Horizons over the years and also a contributing writer. So I've gone through several editors, and every editor brings their own particular gifts. And I must say, Laura, you have brought a tremendous amount of gifts to the Horizons. You're doing a beautiful job. The Horizons is, is a very attractive paper. It's very formative. It's full of great content, great spirituality. It's laid out beautifully, so I just can't commend you enough. But it's through this vehicle, the Horizons, that you are basically organizing this retreat, this pilgrimage to Fatima. What was the inspiration for this? Well, the inspiration was definitely 
the mother of God, my own personal devotion to the mother of God, but also the relationship that the Byzantine church has with the mother of God, the, our, our own devotion within the Byzantine church towards the mother of God. And it is, like you mentioned at the beginning of, of the show, a very important year. It's the centennial year of the apparition of um, the mother of God in Fatima. And I was trying to find a way to celebrate this within our own church when I discovered that there's actually a Byzantine Catholic chapel mm -hmm. in Fatima built of just about 150 feet away from the main shrine uh, where we commemorate the apparition and where the three uh, children, the shepherds to whom she appeared, are buried, two of which were, of whom were made saints. This is past year on May 13, the day um, of Mary's first apparition in, in Fatima 100 years ago. As we both know, I have an aunt, Martha, who is one of the world's greatest experts and most enthusiastic <laughs> supporters of the whole Fatima message, the Fatima itself. She would go there many times over the years. She gave lectures and so on. So I grew up, of course, knowing her, and so I knew a lot about the Fatima. But since I've been asked by you to be spiritual director, I have to admit I've researched it even more deeply. And what's occurred to me, Laura, is that the message there is absolutely as relevant now as it was back in 1917. I mean, it's uncanny. Absolutely. Can you tell the audience a little bit about like, just the gist of the message or her messages? Well, indeed. I think uh, Bishop Milan Locke, who's our new administrator, summed it up very well at our most recent pilgrimage that we had at our shrine of Our Lady of Mariapoch in Burton, Ohio, in, in mid-August for the Feast of the Dormition, where he said, uh, you know, the, the message of Our Lady in Fatima is very simple. It's pray, 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 <laughs> conversion, conversion, yes. conversion. And so, of course, we're praying for ourselves. We're praying for peace in the world. We're praying for the conversion of sinners. We're praying for all those souls for whom there is no one to pray, the souls in purgatory, the souls on this earth who are struggling to find the Lord. And, of course, it requires a conversion on our part as well, a conversion of heart, a conversion in our ways, a conversion to the message of the gospel, which is why Our Lady was sent. We know that Our Lady appears only because of the consent of her son. And so she comes as a messenger to encourage us as disciples of Christ, mm -hmm. to encourage us to live the gospel and to conform our lives to the ways in which our Lord wants us to live. And Laura, one more thing in terms of the apparitions, wasn't there also something in there about, well, about uh, purity of heart, chastity or modesty? Weren't there some warnings there or some early call to that by the, our, our Blessed Lady? Certainly. These are the ways of, of living according to the gospel, right? We're all called to purity of heart, to modesty, and to chastity in, its, in, in, in all of its forms, yeah? Chastity mostly in terms of purity and all of our intentions and all that we do regardless of our state in life. So these messages to me, as I mentioned, they were strikingly relevant, just relevant then as they are now. In fact, when Our Lady first appeared, this was 1917, we have to remember this was during World War One, and she warned about, basically, to put it in very sort of banal terms, if we don't get our act together, there'll be another war. There'll be even more things. And she was right, you know. But again, it's not so much a prophecy in the way that we think of prophecies. It's a prophecy that it's, it's basically kind of the order of things. If we don't convert, if we don't follow Christ's way, there will be bad things will happen. There'll be hate and there'll be uncharity and there'll be uh, all kinds of uh, impurity of heart and, and things that come from that. There'll just be 
bad things that will happen. You know, so again, it's it's the the message is the same. It's just that it it can be applied to to different eras, and that's why I think that this pilgrimage it's not just a historical thing. We're not just paying homage to something in the past. This is this is relevant and necessary today. And we're going to talk more about the significance of this retreat, this pilgrimage to Fatima when we return. Our special guest is Laura from the Horizons of the Eparchy of Parma. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Hurricane Harvey has wreaked unprecedented devastation in Texas. You can help by offering your prayers and material support. Visit catholiccharities.org. That's catholiccharities.org. And click on Disaster Operations to make your secure donation. Thank you. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Our special guest is Laura, who is the editor of the Horizons newspaper, which is the newspaper for my particular eparchy of Parma. In the Eastern churches, we call our diocese eparchies because they're large territories. And she is the spiritual inspiration. She had the vision, the charism behind this retreat and pilgrimage to Fanaba, which I have been honored to be asked to be the spiritual director for. And Laura, when we talk about Fanima, we're really talking about something. You mentioned the Byzantine chapel there before. We're talking about something that really is a unifying factor between East and West. And there's definitely a connection with Russia, even the Russian church. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, as we know, Our Lady at Fatima told the children that the Pope and the church should consecrate 
a Russia to the to her immaculate heart. So initially, even in the message of Our Lady at Fatima, Russia was was implicated. And years later, the World Fatima Apostolate, then known as the Blue Army, thought that it was really important to build this Byzantine Catholic chapel there on the shrine grounds or very close to the shrine grounds as a sign of the unity and peace that is desired by the Mother of God among all of her children, East and West. And so this, this chapel was built. Little did they know that in 1970, the chapel would become the home for what is believed to be the icon of Our Lady of Kazan, which is a Russian Orthodox um, icon, a very beloved icon, a miraculous icon that was uh, lost in the midst of the war and Refound. Now, the way this icon came to be found, uh, I mean, there are some people who aren't sure, who, who say that it may not be the original one, but it's certainly very close to uh, the original one. There are indications that the one that was housed in the Byzantine Catholic Chapel at Fatima is the original, but. Just to say that this icon that was that was housed for many years, almost 25 years, in this Byzantine Catholic chapel came to surface at the Expo in New York. And the Blue Army, the World Fatima Apostolate, was able to purchase this icon. It's a, it's a long story, a lot of details, really interesting details, in fact. But it, it came into the possession of the World Fatima Apostolate. And they decided to hold on to it and to keep it safely in the Byzantine Catholic Chapel there in Fatima, awaiting, I suppose, the, the, the reunification of East and West. Mm -hmm. And so we know that during this period, while the icon was in Fatima, uh, there were some Orthodox priests who would come to venerate the icon uh, there, but it was done very, very quietly. The World Fatima Apostolate did not, you know, market this as, a, as, as a, an attraction. They didn't, they weren't boastful about it. It was there quietly as people came to venerate it and to pray for unity between East and West, for peace. Well, in 1992 or three, I believe, Pope John Paul II, you know, heard about this. And in his dream to build better bridges between East and West, he asked for this icon from the chapel in Fatima to be brought to his personal chapel at the Vatican. This is what happened, and it remained there until it was finally turned over again to the Russian Orthodox Church in 2005. So uh, this Byzantine chapel has such a special place, you know, in this whole history of relations between East and West. And what's even more beautiful to me is that it was done so quietly, really, mm -hmm. with that in that Marian spirit, you know, Mary mm -hmm. as being so discreet and, and, and not boastful. The chapel did the same thing in housing this very precious icon for so many, so many years and really, um, you know, contributing toward uh, better relations, we can say, between, between East and West. Is this icon, where is it now? It is in Kazan. It was oh, returned know. there. And what is now in the uh, Byzantine Catholic Chapel is a replica. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, original has um, um, silver like, a gilding mm -hmm. over top with emerald on, in the crown of Mary. The one that is now in the Byzantine Catholic Chapel um, doesn't have the silver gilding. It's just the image, the image of our of Our Lady. And those who are responsible, if they're still around, or maybe their own family members, or or later on later members of the Blue Army, are, they were okay with having that icon returned to Russia. 
Oh, absolutely. That was the point. The whole point was we shall have this icon here in our possession for safekeeping. It's not mm. forever. It was always in view of returning it to mm. Russia for as a sign of unity and fraternity, you know, between between the East and the West. And this is what I think is just so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you know, it, it's only as you said, it's only by, by the will of the Blessed Mother, because if it were up to me, I would shout this from the mountaintops. <laughs> this is an incredible act of unity. Certainly. Incredible. And I think it's a wonderful witness, really, to the whole Marian spirit. Yes, um, absolutely. That is also behind the, that is a part of the spirit of the Byzantine Catholic Chapel. Interesting as well about the Byzantine Catholic Chapel is its connection with the Byzantine Catholic Church in the United States. For about the first half of its history, you know, the Byzantine Chapel was only inaugurated in 1963. Its chaplains were Byzantine Catholic American priests. They were there full-time, tending to the spiritual needs of the pilgrims that would come there. And nowadays, the chapel is used as a Ukrainian Catholic parish for the Diocese of Fatima. So hmm. it's very lively. The sacraments are given there every week. They have weddings. They have baptisms. It's a very lively place, but it still welcomes pilgrims. Uh, no one is obviously turned away, and it's a, a most beautiful chapel. I had the blessing to be there in March, which is really what uh, motivated me even more to organize this pilgrimage because I said, this is so beautiful. I desire to share this with the other people in in the eparchy. It's just a lovely place, and and every segment of the wall has icons of of devotions to Mary from different parts of the East. So we have an icon to Our Lady of Mariapoch. We have icons um, from Hungary, um, from uh, Ukraine of Mary. So we see that the Eastern Church is represented there. It's really lovely. Well, Laura, I think also that I will be following the footsteps of my grandfather, Father John Loya. <laughs> you will. Who also served at this Byzantine chaplain in Portugal. In Indeed. Fatima. And he was the chaplain of the Byzantine Catholic chapter of the Blue Army. Yes. So it, this will be a thrilling for me, and, and, and I mean that in a, in a very uh, humble way as well. If, if people are interested in this retreat and this pilgrimage, which I hope many will be, especially after what you're saying here, uh, how can they find out more about it? How can they register for this retreat pilgrimage to Fatima? Well, they can find some basic information online on the Eparchy of Parma's website. The address is parma.org, and they can either click on the Fatima banner, or they can, I suppose, put in a search word, uh, a keyword. They can put in either my name, just Laura, or they can put in the keywords such as Fatima. They should be able to come up with it on online. And again, it's Thursday to Thursday. It's an eight-day trip, right? So it's a very manageable trip. Oh, yes. Very quick but manageable trip, October 26th to November 2nd. And what else are they going to see? What else are they going to experience on this? I know, I know it's special in many ways because it's a retreat. It's a pilgrimage. There's the Byzantine, the Eastern dimension, the Unitive dimension. But what else are they going to experience on this very unique experience? Well, we've tried to organize a trip uh, that includes some cultural elements as well. But there'll be prayer kind of sprinkled right throughout because we are praying to the Mother of God on this mm -hmm. on this trip. Um, for instance, when we land in Lisbon that afternoon, we will visit the shrine of St. Anthony. Mm -hmm. uh, many of us know him as St. Anthony of Padua, but he's actually from Lisbon. Uh, so <laughs> in Portugal, they call him St. Anthony of Lisbon. So we'll be, we'll be going to the shrine, uh, which is where he was born. And we will have private prayer there for our pilgrims 
with, with yourself, Father Tom, and the other priests who will be traveling with us. That's one of the, the highlights. Of course, we'll be visiting the major sites in Lisbon, including the what we call in Portuguese the Jerónimos Monastery. Mm-hmm. It's a monastery that is dedicated to the Order of St. Jerome, mm-hmm. which is no longer in existence, but the monastery is still there. So we'll be visiting that. We are going to visit a walled medieval town called Obidos with opportunities for prayer there as well. And then visiting the town of Batala, where there is a, another monastery, an opportunity for prayer. And of course, the seaside town of Nazar, which is a very famous fishing village. And so there, there are these, these moments. Oh, I forgot to mention as well, there is a medieval church we'll be visiting that is known for its Eucharistic miracle. Mm-hmm. And this is when the, the bread actually bled. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, the consecrated host. The consecrated host, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, demonstrating that this is indeed the body yes. of Christ. And once again, Laura, where can they go to find out about this? So they can go to parma.org and either click on the link for the Fatima pilgrimage or put in the keyword Fatima or my own name, Laura, and they should come up with something. They can also write to me directly. My email address is horizons at parma.org. Well, Laura, if I was already going on this trip, I would be inspired to go on it after what you've said today in our program. <laughs> well, I hope others will, will join us, and it is filling up, and our registration deadline is September 20. So we're hoping that people um, who hear this, if, if, they're, if they're inspired, if they're feeling inspired to come, that they'll either that they'll get to their computers and drop me a line. Thank you very much, Laura. We'll be hearing from you again in relation to this trip. And again, thanks for your great work on the Horizons. Thank you for listening. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. You know what Catholic Radio is? It's training for the troops. It's a interaural of the ear boot camp. The folks who listen, who grow in their faith, grow in charity, grow in all the virtues, they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves. Catholic Radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith. Dr. Ray Garendi thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.